Should Delvin Cook be in your starting lineup this weekend? How does Demarius Thomas value change in Houston? And what do we make of the Lions receiver core sans Golden Tate? Plus the FFPC fifth place team in the Football Guys Players Championship. Brad Cruz drops in to talk about John Brown, Philip Lindsay, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Once upon a time, not long ago, when people wore pajamas and lived life slow, we laws were stern and justice stood, and people were behaving like they ought to good. There lived a little boy who was misled by another little boy, and this is what he wrote. Me and you tonight, we're gonna make some cash, robbing old folks and making the dash. They did the job, money came with ease But one couldn't stop, it's like he had a disease He robbed another and another and a sister and a brother Tried to rob a man who was a DC undercover The cop grabbed his arm, he started acting erratic Broadcast live and heard around the world You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour Presented by MyFFPC.com With your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Shot for the head, he shot back when he missed her. Looked around good and from expectations, he decided he'd hit for the subway station. But she was coming and he made a left. He was running top speed till he was out of breath. Knocked an old man down. Thanks a lot, Rob. Greetings and salutations. All of you Balkaholics and Gerzak and addicts, welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above-average host, Eric Falkman, and my co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, do you need to think twice before putting Stephon Diggs in your lineup this weekend? What can Eli McGuire do for you and the fifth-place team owner in the 2018 Football Guys Players Championship, Brad Cruz, joins us to talk about Cortland Sutton, DJ Moore, and much more. Shout-out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you might have in there. Uh, if you want to connect with us on Twitter, please do so. At HSFFO or at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak. Facebook.com slash HSFFO is where you can reach us there. 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA is, uh, if you want to hop on the blower and give us a buzz tonight. Uh, HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com is the FedEx, excuse me, is the inbox. Well, FedEx inbox. When was the last time I said that? been years if you have any questions for us now is the time to send them uh we'll try to get to all the chat room questions tweets and emails in the fantasy feedback uh uh, segment later on in the show uh want to remind everybody if you have not gotten a chance to go to rotoviz.com slash podcast please do so because it was a special show tonight or excuse me this week Kirk Kikis, the 2018 FFPC main event leader. He also has three teams in the FFPC main event top 50. Uh, he was uh, on the high stakes lowdown this week, rotoviz.com slash podcast. That is where you can um, uh, uh, listen to that show. Uh, and a lot of good stuff in there. A lot of trade deadline stuff, which we'll get to with Brad Cruz shortly tonight. A lot of great stuff on how he has managed three teams in the top 50 what the difference was between 2017 and 2018 for him. Uh, all good stuff from at FFBFan on Twitter. That's Kirk Kikis, and it's at RotoViz.com slash podcast. Let's get into tonight's show and uh, bring in tonight's guest, ladies and gentlemen, a previous guest of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. He started playing fantasy football in 2003 Joined the high-stakes scene in 2004. He's primarily managed teams with his brother, Tim. After winning the inaugural 2007 WCOF Auction Division Championship, they dubbed themselves the Fantasy Assassins the following year. Celebrating this new identity was those two guys winning the inaugural Platinum League Championship at the WCOF. And in 2012, they added the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship overall title to their list of wins and now sit in fifth place overall in the Football Guys Players Championship this year. Please give a warm HSFFOR welcome back to Mr. Brad Cruz. Welcome back onto the show, Brad. Well, thank you, Eric. Uh, definitely glad to be here. Well, it's awesome to have you on. I know we've had you on before. You've uh, accumulated several accolades since then, and uh, always good to talk to you and, and or Tim. Obviously, it's a joint effort with you guys uh, as far as uh, your teams go, congratulations. 
to uh, you and Tim managing this Dr. J squad all the way up to fifth place in the Football Guys Players Championship. One of the guys who's actually been a, a big-time key to your success up until this point in Week 9, you hit on in the 17th round, coming off a couple of injury-ravaged seasons in, in Arizona where he let a lot of fantasy owners down. Why did you grab John Brown uh, there over uh, some other long-shot upside guys? Well, yeah, so about the time we drafted on this team, we were starting to hear some buzz about uh, the connection between Flacco and Brown in uh, in camp there. And uh, we liked Brown from his rookie year, so we knew he had the talent, and, and we knew Baltimore likes to be a pass-heavy team and Flacco throws deep a lot. So it makes sense there's a connection. 17th round made, uh, made sense to make that investment and uh, see what fruit it could bear. Uh, by the time Vegas said Brown was going much higher in drafts, so it looked like it was the right decision. Yeah, and John Brown too. I mean, like I feel I, I'm I'm actually a little bit jealous because the only league, and I'll welcome in the Dizzle here in a second here. But Dave, the only league I think I have John Brown in was a dynasty league where I it was like a dispersal draft, and I have him on that squad. I don't think I have him anywhere else, which is really unfortunate because he's been crushing it this year. He has actually, yeah, yeah. That- Kind of struggled, I think, a week or two ago. Just didn't do, do quite as much. And you know, the thing is, is he going to keep it up? Is the question because he he's had that historical, you know, kind of boomer bust. You know, not mentality. But that's just the way his production has kind of been. Right. And he's kind of a long ball guy. I'm interested to see if he does keep it up. I'm a little bit I'm a little concerned myself. Well, it's like, uh, you know, who's who's going to pick it up if, if he doesn't? Is it Michael Crabtree? Is it one of the tight ends of the 8 million tight ends that Baltimore well, has? Well, Hurst is now not really hurt, and he's going to be getting drawn some targets. I actually have a couple of bids in on him in a waiver uh, a team I screwed up, and I, I thought I had a tight end this week. I don't because I have Evan Engram and Eric Ebron on that team, so I had to put in a bunch of miracle you know tight end bids tonight, hopefully. And Hayden Hurst was – was at the top. We'll see what happens there. Uh, but that is tight end position. Let's talk about the running back position. So, Brad, you uh, went hard on Philip uh, Lindsay right after week one. You got him on your team. Nice job. Um, tell us a little bit about what you saw in him in week one that made you want to sacrifice much of your budget. And do you remember how much you bid, by the way? Uh, yeah, 388 uh, is what we bid on him, which uh, coincidentally is actually below average. If you look at Fancy Mojo's uh, site, they do a good job of tracking the, uh, the average bids for each of the players there. What we try to do with um, acquisitions is not be too too heavy on them. Uh, we try to look at one standard deviation below the average, and you know get them maybe in between the sixth and a third of the time. Uh, you know players we like. Lindsey, you know was came on. He, he was a great, uh, you know, in special teams in the preseason and. And showed flashes, but it looked like it was going to be a Royce Freeman backfield. Uh, so in week one, kind of took everyone by surprise when when he really took over that backfield. And so we thought it was going to be split time. We assumed he was going to pick up the passing game role uh, from Booker, but you know he's really been the, the the dominant runner there. So it's worked out for us. Yeah, Lindsey's been fantastic. He has been great, and if uh, we'll get to more Royce Freeman talk later on in the show, but how do you, assuming that Royce Freeman misses this week, Brad, are you nervous about Devontae Booker taking any, um, you know, pass targets away uh, this weekend for for the Broncos from Lindsey, or do you think like, look, you got to play Lindsey no matter what? I mean, this is he's a top ten guy this week. Yeah, you got to play Lindsey, and unfortunately, he hasn't been as involved in the passing game as we as we like, Booker seems to have picked up the third down roll and the two-minute drill there, which are nice bonus points. They don't use him a lot there, but he but he plays in those situations, uh, which then prevents, of course, Lindsey and, uh, and Freeman from capitalizing there. So Lindsey's role will be a little higher than normal, uh, which has been just fine. The third down roll and the two-minute drill there. All right. Like speaking of rookies, too, uh, as long as we're on the subject of Philip Lindsay, let's shift to uh, the receiving rookies here, uh, Brad. DJ Moore was a key pickup for this team a couple of weeks ago. He was awesome in week eight, really turned it on. Uh, as we look forward to the second half of the NFL season, which is upon us, what do you expect from DJ Moore on the Panthers the rest of the way? Uh, DJ Moore is a little bit of a wild card. We've been watching him. His opportunities have been growing. And he's got first-round pedigree, but he's on a more run-oriented team, and Funches and Olsen are there, uh, not to mention McCaffrey, who are also on the uh, you know, the target list there. So Moore's probably not going to be a, 
a high-volume play where hopeful he can develop into a wide receiver too. But I suspect he becomes more of a matchup-based uh, consideration for uh, for most of our leagues. Uh, we've been sliding him on teams the last couple of weeks, hoping for a breakout, and he gets Tampa and Pitt the next two weeks. So uh, so now's the time to see if he can if he can actually break out. Yeah, if you're going to fire that DJ Moore bullet, uh, this would be the next two weeks are, are, are the times to do it for sure. Dave, you are a big DJ Moore dynasty guy, but going forward this uh, annual season, are you liking him as maybe a wide receiver three? Yeah, I mean, I, I love his talent. I think it's fantastic. You know, he only played 70% of the snaps last week, and Carolina had a big lead, so they didn't even really need to use him. He got most of those yards by just being a playmaker. He's an awesome football player. Yeah, he is. So, I mean, I, I actually... I think he's going to supplant Funchess as the number one wide receiver on that team. And whether or not he does it by week 10, 11, 12, 13 of this year or next year, is, to me, is the only question. Funchess, to me, is just not a guy who commands targets. He's just he's a guy who's actually more likely to get five or six targets, even as he's getting better. As and, happenstance. Like, right. I mean, yeah. he's getting better as his, as his career moves on. I you know, credit him for that. But I, don't, I think Moore's going to be the playmaker of this team. I, other than McCaffrey. He and McCaffrey are the two. Here's my bold call here. I think – that you are the biggest Carolina Panthers. Like you don't, you say oh, I don't root for teams. I, I actually like the Panthers. I and I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Three reasons why: DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, Steve Smith. That's right. Three of your favorite players that you've talked up on this show all happen to have spent, well, I guess the majority of their NFL careers in Carolina Panthers uniforms. You know, I, I, maybe I'll move there someday. Here's what I'm going to do with my dynasty <laughs> leagues uh, going forward. Whoever, if the Carolina Panthers draft a skill position player in the first or second round, I already know that you're going to be in love with them. The thing is, I like McCaffrey and Moore before they joined the Panthers. That is true. It's, they just happen to be going to Carolina. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you were, you were talking all about them in the pre-draft process. That I can corroborate. One more thing. Sure. Go uh, ahead. Yeah. If, you, if you ask my buddy Kurt, he'll tell you I also like Cam Newton. Secretly like really? Cam Newton. You I like, always draft, we draft Cam Newton in the big payback. Oh, you know what? That's that. accurate. Brad's yeah. got the Excel spreadsheet. He's always crossing Cam Newton off when we yeah. draft him in those big payback. He's in Kentucky, right, Brad? Brad, how accurate is that? When 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 uh, when Gerzak and Awe are on the clock in the big payback in Kentucky, are you just automatically crossing Cam Newton off your board? <laughs> I, well, maybe in the 12th, 13th round. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah not, that's when all the quarterbacks start to go. Yeah. Well, and you guys are you guys are infamous for for taking three quarterbacks like boom, 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 like you know, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, or eleven, twelve, thirteen. <laughs> we think we're infamous to ourselves. I, you know, you're definitely them. infamous. You're definitely infamous. Uh, I, 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 I don't think they do that every year, but the one year they did that, uh, will will go down in history. <laughs> that's pretty fun. I mean, that. But I mean, you, Brad, you guys always. It seems like you always are the last ones to get a, yeah, for some reason. Maybe it's your awesome spreadsheet. So like you have to, you're like the last ones to get a good quarterback. And like then after you take your pick, everybody else gets shut out. Does that seem accurate to you? The, well, yeah, the, we are known for being usually the last team to pick a quarterback, and as late as the twentieth round sometimes. And um, <laughs> one, one one year, my brother was was doing a draft and. And everyone was kind of trying to spike him for uh, for quarterbacks. He was waiting, and there was in the and the the draft software chat room. People were saying, "Oh, you got to prevent this guy from getting a quarterback." And he's like, "Yes, please take the 18th quarterback and leave me with the 19th." Right. The thing is, you know, you, have, you have players like Fitzpatrick that just kind of emerge, not out of nowhere, but just kind of do, and all of a sudden you can pick up Fitzpatrick and start him. It works out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, quarterbacks, as everyone knows, are, are deep. And so usually we get a quarterback we like. Uh, but there are some times that, yeah, the league goes kind of crazy. And, and then we look at week one and we say, like last year, we looked at week one, we saw the Rams were playing Indy, and we're like, well, let's go grab Goff. And we grabbed Goff, and, you know, we didn't know he was going to be a top ten quarterback. But the matchup probably yeah. going to get us through week one, and then we'll figure it out from there. And so we, we never panic. I, I'm curious, Brad, because um, I, I know you play a ton of, uh, of leagues, both you and Tim do uh, each year. Do you have a lot of Mahomes shares or Trubisky shares this year? I mean, is, are those two quarterbacks or maybe another late-round quarterback that's really been crushing it, uh, are, are, they, um, are they on a lot of your teams this season? We, we have uh, about our fair share of Mahomes. We don't have a lot of Trubisky. As Bears fans, we look at how inaccurate he is and we're – not that impressed, but his legs are <laughs> right. getting it done for fantasy. Um, I'd say the most popular quarterbacks 
on our team uh, were Winston, who was free in drafts, and we thought once he came off suspension, you know, he could rack up a bunch of points with, with that Tampa Bay offense, which was looking really good until last week. Um, and then Stafford yeah, huge... inexplicably always goes cheap. <laughs> Yeah. He had a huge week, uh, Winston, like two weeks ago, right? It yeah, and it's just, points. you know, it's those picks, and it was really unfortunate. And now here's the thing, Dave. I don't know if you and I have talked about this, but Jameis Winston. He's been riding Uber again? Uh, not to my knowledge. Well, I think he's, well, a, he's a Lyft guy now for, for whatever reason. that He just, uh, he, he's a one. Uber, Uber might have ran Yeah, he's oh, a on. one-star rated rider on, on Uber, so he had to shift to Lyft. Oh, um, unfortunately, one bad. of those things. Um, Winston's. Fifth year um, option is now only guaranteed by injury, wow. and I can't imagine Tampa trotting him out there and risking that. I think we've seen the last of Jameis Winston in a Buccaneers uniform. So it's interesting. So, I, what do you think, Brad? What do you think Tampa is going to do next year at the quarterback position if they let go of Winston? Are they going to be drafting somebody just kind of like the Giants? Probably. Well, like... probably should be. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I think we have to see how the year plays out. I, I you know, Fitzpatrick is. A journeyman quarterback. He's a good backup quarterback, but you know, can he string together eight weeks uh, without them going back to Winston? I, to me, is the question if they're trying to make a yeah. run here. Um, yeah, we'll and see. So if he gets his job well, back and he does fairly well, you know, they could try to trade him. But you know, you don't let first overall picks at quarterbacks tend to hit the market. So yeah, it'll true. be interesting. Yeah, yeah. With the trade deadline, they were talking about how Deshaun Jackson. They didn't want to trade him because they were making a run. Yeah. yeah they don't, it's like, dude, uh, your, your team sucks. Yeah, it's it's not good. I mean, right. that, that defense is not good. There's a lot of holes on that roster. So speaking of teams that don't suck, you know, this is this is like a, I'm going to give you a humble brag question here. Uh, there's a ton of bye weeks this week. Yet you have Emmanuel Sanders, John Brown, and DJ Moore in a huge high-scoring game all on your bench this week. Brad, that's uh, it's embarrassing for the rest of us. How tough was it not to play these guys or some of the other playmakers you have in your Week 9 lineup? Well, uh, so I guess I should preface by saying we actually haven't set lineups yet other than Thursday game. Um, ah, there but you go. Yeah, this is a, <laughs> this is a tough team to, to figure out who to start, though. We, we have four wide receivers who are averaging 17 or more points, and that's obviously a good problem to have. Um, we have Kamara, yeah. James White, and Lindsey. So that's Mike, seven yeah. players for six spots. You know, would love to hear your guys' suggestion on which one you bench. Who are your four wide receivers that are averaging the 17? Uh, Devontae Adams, uh, Smith-Schuster, Robert Woods, and Sanders. Juju, Sanders, Woods. Uh, well, I think, I mean. You're playing the running backs, right? You've got to play all three running backs. Yeah. I think, I mean, yeah. there's no way you can't, you just cannot. You have to start Kamara and White. Even Lindsay, I think you have, like they're mandatory. Yeah. Because when you get, you know, you have a high floor with those guys. Yep. I think you have to start Adams. I kind of like Adams, Sanders, and uh, I don't know what what about Juju this week. They actually the defense. Oh. Well, you said that was a higher than normal total for a Steelers Ravens game. It was, yeah. It was. It is. Comes down to Woods. Hold on. You and I are the same mind here because to me it comes down to either Woods or Smith Schuster. Woods against the Saints, which the total in that game's got to be pretty high. Right. All those wide receivers. Cooper Cup's back and everything. Cooper Cup should be back. Yes. Um. And and obviously Brandon Cooks out there gumming up the works for all those Rams receivers. But the thing is. That's been the case most of the season, and Woods has still performed. I mean, I don't. I, I should bring it up where where he's at as far as um, uh, where he ranks for receivers on the season, but he's got to be close to top twelve. At, I, at I'd, this probably, point. I'd probably roll with Juju myself. I think Juju's more talented. You would go with Juju. Myself, yeah. Okay. I I would again. I would probably sit Woods, but this is a, a decision that uh, Brad and, and and I know you got a lot of teams. I'm waiting until 12.55 p.m. or 12.54 p.m. on Sunday and make the call then. Like, I want every last piece of information available uh, before I make this call. But to me, it does come down to Woods or Smith-Schuster. Yeah, I, I, I agree. We usually get the one – we usually get the selection wrong, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's tough. I mean, like – If Woods is the guy you said and he scores 16 points – you're going to get it wrong because one yeah. of those guys is going to have No, you're happen. right. You're totally right. You're totally right. What about the, the whole um, um, Bill Belichickian aspect of, hey, let's take out the most talented um, um, offensive player on defense. That's what we're going to do. Wouldn't that be Devontae Adams? 
Probably. I don't know that he's. I don't. I don't know that he's been doing that as much anymore. Okay. So right. just, you know, like we used to always say that. Yeah. And, what do you think about that theory, Brad? Yeah. Um. I. I don't think you can sit Adams down in what's likely to be a high-scoring game. I mean, you'll you'll certainly take, you know, the most attention of the defense away there. But you know, they even though, um, they say Allison's not likely to play. You'll have Valdez, Scantling, and you'll have Cobb, and um, you'll have the running game, and you have Jimmy Graham. Uh, so they've got places to go from, so they can't stay stay fully committed to taking Adams away and give up everything else. I'm changing my mind. I'm sitting Juju Smith-Schuster. I forgot about the whole road Ben aspect, and he's at Baltimore this week. Yeah. All right, Brad. One second. We're gonna make a bet here. I'll take Juju. You got I'll take Ro- I'll take Robert. Okay, for Week Nine fantasy points, I got five on Robert Woods. I got five on Juju. I got five. On- Dressed up as for Halloween himself. I didn't. Oh, did he really? Yeah, he Jersey yeah. That is awesome. Oh, I love it. I love it. We're talking with Brad Cruz, the fifth place team owner in the 2018 Football Guys Players Championship, making his return to the show. We've been talking about receivers. Let's continue on that. How many spots uh, do you guys, uh, do you and Tim, uh, your brother, who manages a lot of the teams with you this year? How many of them do you have Cortland Sutton on? And is he a guy that you're starting right away after the Demarius Thomas trade this week? Uh, we have about, um, not quite sure on percentage of teams, but about 20% of our money on Cortland Sutton. Uh, Sutton is, uh, I, I don't see why Sutton wouldn't step right in. I mean, he leads the team, I believe, in air yards and end zone targets already. Uh, you know, Thomas steps out, he probably picks up some more targets, so the floor gets gets higher. Um, you know, obviously league dependent, but I think he's strong consideration to start in most of our lineups. Do you like Cortland Sutton there right away this week, Dave, against the Texans? I do, even though I don't have him anywhere. By the way, thanks, Matt Walden, for ranking him so low in your thing, by the way. And uh, by the way, thanks, Matt Walden, for ranking him so low, because I have him everywhere in Dynasty. <laughs> Nobody else wanted him this year. I was like, oh, I guess I'll take Sutton here, too. I, I didn't have any rookie picks in that exact kind of area. Yeah. I did like why I didn't get him anywhere. Well, Dave, he was uh, going at the 112 in a lot of <laughs> Dynasty leagues, so you sort of had to win I know, the league. I had the 101 in every league. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Oh, was there, what was the question again? The question was yeah, Sutton well, yeah, rolling like him out this yeah, week. Yeah. Yeah. I, You're a fan? Okay. I have him in uh, I have him in, in a couple of, obviously, uh, as I was just saying, I'm rolling him out in a couple of Dynasty leagues. Um, redraft, I actually only have him in one league, and I think I am playing him as one of my fle- – well, not one of my flexes, as my flex in that league. Um, I, you know, Brad, you're right. I mean, he's been secretly crushing it all season, and he's been wallowing as the number three receiver in Denver. But I think this is a guy that, that has top 20 upside the rest of the way as far as receivers go. Yeah, I, I like him as a two for sure. Brad Cruz, uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit. We've been it, it's such a trade deadline heavy show, Dave. Um, but I think that's what that's what we're sort of uh, ascertaining as far as how all the values are shifting uh, among these players that were traded this week, as well as players that are affected by said trades this week. And, and let's shift the topic uh, over to uh, to Philadelphia as they acquired a receiver this week from Detroit named Golden Tate, Dave. Yeah, so the question is, how do you think is, first of all, I want to tell you one way his value is changing. The idiot gets two bye weeks now. Thanks a lot, you piece of crap. Yeah, crap. that happens. Happened to Mario. It's Cooper very too. annoying. Yeah. If you have him on your team, you're like, oh, all right, you got Tate, you got these guys, and then I'll keep you off the bench. Anyway. But hold on. If you had a Mari Cooper who had the back-to-back bye weeks, aren't you be like, hey, this is great. Yeah, I, don't yeah, have to, I don't have to worry about starting Mari Cooper. Yes, you're thankful. Yeah. So uh, how do you think his value change is going to the Eagles? You know, this was a trade I, I didn't really understand. You know, Detroit's one game back in the division, although they're fourth, but there's only one game back from the leaders. Uh, so, you know, letting Tate go, certainly you would think would lessen their chances to, to make a run there. Um, and then Philly gives them a three, but, you know, they've got Aguilar and Matthews who are both kind of inside receivers that seem to be cannibalizing themselves. And now you bring Tate over as a third inside receiver, not to mention Ertz and Goddard there. Um I think this is a disaster for Tate's fantasy value. He's got to fit into uh, a pecking order there that, that it's unclear where he's going to land. Brad, Farrell Elliott made the argument on the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship podcast this week that Golden Tate 
will not really be a slot man for Philly. He thinks you're going to see vintage Seattle Seahawks Golden Tate, and he's going to be the deep threat on this team. Do you have a rebuttal on that? I mean, do you see that happening? Well, I, I hate to, to argue with Farrell. You know, Farrell's uh, an insider <laughs> in the NFL. So, um, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, I, I don't think Tate has the speed at age 30 that, you know, he had in the Seattle. But they, they could clearly play him on the outside. They could play any of these guys on the outside, but it seems like they're at their best, you know, in those crossing paradigms across the middle. And um, I, I don't, I don't think this is positive for Tate's fantasy value. Dave, I don't know if you and I have talked about this at all, but I'm of the opinion that I think Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman and everybody in Philadelphia kind of realized, like, all right, look, offensive line's a little bit beat up. We don't have an alpha running back anymore with J.H.I. on IR. They never did with the J.H.I. not on IR. That could be, too, as well. And they're just like, you know what, let's make our, our strength even stronger, and we'll add Golden Tate, and we're just going to have Carson Wentz toss the ball all over the field until his arm falls off, and that is how we defend our Super Bowl title. That makes some sense. I mean, I don't really think the receivers are all that fantastic beforehand. I mean, they're more fantastic than the running backs. But they are. I mean, they're now they are. I mean, yeah. Tate and Jeffrey, that's not, it's a nice combination. Yeah. Are you worried about Jeffrey's targets being hurt at all? You said Jeffrey? Je- I don't know what I said. <laughs> we always call, by the way, internally, we always call Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey. Jeffrey's retard on Twitter. All right, you don't. Hey, Jeffrey. come on. Just all right, clean I, up the language. All right, right. anyone who's Alshon Jeff- on Twitter right. calls him Jeffrey's as well. Brad, your, your thoughts on Alshon Jeffrey. Do you see a, a target, um, uh, a, you know, a target disparity or, or his targets being hit because of the Golden Tate acquisition, or are these more complimentary players for you? I think Jeffrey will be fine. I, I think he's he's the alpha there uh, in, the, in the wide receiver group. Um, I, I don't know who emerges as the secondary guy. Does it stay? You know, obviously Ertz is is, uh, is a high target guy too. But is it? Uh, can you guys still hear me? Yeah, we can still hear you. You're coming through just fine. Oh, okay, sorry. Okay. Um, yeah, so is, is it Tate, is it Aguilar, is it Matthews, is, is the other guy? I think that's all up for grabs. I don't think you're going to see any noticeable drop in Jeffrey's targets. Yeah, it's something that we will be paying attention to uh, as far as those other secondary receivers go in Philly to figure out who is the guy to start uh, after Tate and after Jeffrey for sure. Uh, Brad, a lot of the uh, pundits out there uh, that I've read and listened to over the last 72 hours seem to think that Ty Montgomery – is actually going to be taking over for Javorius Allen in Baltimore as the pass-catching running back. Is that the way that you see it going down as well? I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced. I, I wish I had a crystal ball here. I mean, Buck Allen is a decent catch guy. Uh, he's not really a make-you-miss guy or a run-between-the-tackles guy, um, but he is trusted in Baltimore. I mean, uh Alex Hound has the fumble problem, uh, and Buck Allen's been been pretty consistent with uh, with uh, keeping that good ball security. Uh, but Montgomery is likely better at Buck Allen's best trait, being that receiver out of the backfield. Uh, but it might take him a number of weeks to unseat Allen. Uh, so can he do it in time to make fantasy impact? Maybe if you make a deep run in the postseason, but likely he's just going to screw everything up amongst the two other running backs there. <laughs> I agree with you there. <laughs> All right, let's talk. We're, we're going to talk about Brandon LaFell. That'd be good. Well, this is, he's on Oakland. He is on Oakland. <sighs> we can expound we're on this. To the bathroom during this we can have an Oakland. Right we can expound on this to be an Oakland Raiders discussion, a John Gruden discussion, because <laughs> uh, what we saw from Brandon LaFell last night, Dave, I think was a little interesting. Played 99 out of a possible 107 snaps in Oakland last night. That's actually pretty newsworthy. Seeing yeah. him taking over as the Raiders' number one uh, receiver. By the way, Jordy was abysmal. He was what two for 13 or six. It was, yeah, it was just awesome. he was bad. Um, is that enough? You would want to pick him up in the middle. A bunch of these bye weeks coming up. For LaFell, not Jordy Nelson. Yeah, we know that. Right. Obviously, you're cutting Jordy pretty soon, probably. Right. Obviously, you don't own Jordy. <laughs> Other people own Jordy. <laughs> I guess my first question is, how do you get 107 snaps and, what, three points and 170 yeah. yards isn't for their crazy? car? With, you know. <laughs> um, Unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, it absolutely is. I, I, I only caught a little bit of that game. I, I was traveling. But 
my first reaction is I don't think I want any players on Oakland. That team looks like a disaster right now. 100%. Agree. So I would not be targeting, certainly not putting a lot of money on the foul. Same thing with Buffalo too, right? Do you think same thing? Uh, yeah, I'm not interested in Buffalo players either. <laughs> yeah, those are the two. Those are, well, you know, we talked about Arizona. Like, there, what else? What well, I mean, Fitz came on at, at the yeah, end. He, of, had, he, had he, he had a good game, and I think I, I think it's a little uh, it's a little soon to sell on David Johnson. I, I think there's still something there, but outside of those two, I mean, yeah, you can't count Christian on Christian Kirk. Kirk has like, yeah, they've got like three out of four weeks on double digits. He's yeah, and he, he's had, he's had his games, and he's definitely for best ball. Like I, I'd want him on my team. They're still trying. Um, yeah, no, that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. I mean, look at the Raiders' defense. And, that and one Rose, run, and Rose that one in the play, they just gave up. Right. Yeah, it was okay. like an 80-yard touchdown. I'm like, you're not even pursuing. Yeah. Rose and the Kirk is the future there, obviously. So they want right. to get that right. connection and that chemistry going. So that's actually a good point, too, um, with that. But, yeah, I mean, you, you look at I mean, what did LaFell do? You know, he was 90-some percent of the snaps, and, and he still couldn't churn out, you know, a, a starter-worthy um, a game. So I, I think that that tells you all you need to know about Brandon LaFell, despite him being on the field, still got to actually do something with it, Brandon. Um, and that's maybe not a commentary on him. It's a commentary on John Gruden and the Raiders offense. Let's get to some emails here, Brad. Kevin in Kissimmee, Florida. Kissimmee? You might go to Disney all the time. I have no idea how you say it. All right, we'll say Kissimmee. Kissimmee. All right, we'll go with that. Is Kenny Galladay a must-start top 10 play the rest of the way now that Golden Tate is in Philly? Nice work in the FPC. That is Kevin in Kissimmee, Florida. Thanks for the email. Kevin, we appreciate that. You know, we talked about Golden Tate and his impact in Philly. What about Kenny Galladay not having to contend for targets with Golden Tate anymore in Detroit? So that clearly helps Galladay. Um, and I, I had him kind of as a must-start most weeks. He, he really disappointed these these last two, but he came out on fire. I, I think he's a solid, wide, I don't know about top 10, but solid wide receiver too. High end three the rest of the way for sure. Dave, is that the way you see Galladay without without Tate going forward? Is that does that seem accurate to you? Yeah, I hope so. I, you know, I just I think he's gonna he should command ten to twelve targets. He should be a playmaking type receiver, and really now he's emerging as a second year guy. You know, and I just look at what he was able to do with Golden Tate right. there, and and he was startable uh, on several weeks there. I, I think this is all good for him. He's a lot more dicey at, the t- at that time. Right? Yeah, because he didn't. I mean, and, and it seemed like even like you look at last week, it was Marvin Jones that that was crushing it. You know what I mean? So it's just it, it was you're kind of playing receiver roulette a little bit there, and I think that that is less dicey as you said now with Golden Tate moving out east. Jeff in Hamilton, Ohio, speaking of heading out east, can you help a fellow FFPCer out? Who do I start this week? Sammy Watkins at the Browns or Tyler Lockett hosting the Chargers? Thank you for the email. Jeff in Hamilton, Ohio. Uh, Brad, do you have a strong feeling or, or a feeling on this of if you were faced with either Watkins or Lockett as your last flex or last receiver, which guy you would play? I, I think I, I might go Watkins. There, I, I was reading that uh, there's a trend of him playing more in the slot uh, these last couple of weeks, and that could really he could really benefit with additional targets and, and obviously catches and maybe more space to let his uh, speed take use there. So I think I'd go Watkins. You know, it's, it's it's weird because it's one of those things where you look at Kansas City and Seattle, and Seattle has such a low-volume passing attack, and, and Kansas City has such a high-volume one. And I actually think Lockett has outscored Watkins on the season, despite that. You know, it seems like Lock, uh, Lockett finds a way to get in the end zone seemingly every week or every other week, where Watkins, it's just like, uh, you look at the Kansas City box score. Mahomes crushed it. Hunt crushed it. Hill crushed it. Kelsey crushed it. Watkins, nothing. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things. There's like, so many playmakers. Yeah, there is. And, and I think Watkins is, is paying the price for that. I think I would actually roll with Lockett this week as well against the Chargers over Watkins uh, taking out the Browns. Dave, are you of the same mind here? Yeah, I like Watkins' skill set better. I, I, he had that big week last week, and I think he's uh, he's on the right path. I totally agree with what Brad said. Yeah. Um, Brad, you've been very gracious with your time here before we let you go, Dave has one final question. All right, we're going to do a little starter sit help here. So, in early round subs, you think you might want to think twice about starting this weekend. 
you got to revise the way this question. All right, I'll let, I'll let Rob know. Rob, think, 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 think. By the way, audio, uh, audio engineer is Bryce. Producer mutual friend is Rob tonight. And Bryce is a little sick today, but thanks for coming in anyway. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, as well as a lower round sleeper that deserves to be in lineups this week. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, week nine, it's hard to necessarily say early rounds are studs and studs are all early rounders. Uh, could I choose Levian Bell or Leonard Fournette for that answer? Uh, <laughs> you could, but you will be castigated and vilified for such a remark. <laughs> so, I, you know, week nine, the six teams on by, if you've got a stud, you're, you're likely playing them. Uh, for a guy who was reasonably early and a lot of people think is still good, maybe Josh Gordon going up uh, against maybe Alexander from from Green Bay, like who really did a job on Cooks last week. Uh, yeah, it could give That's him a problem, really but be cautious with Corden. Yeah. Um, a late-round a late round guy, maybe same game, Marquez Valdez-Scantling with Allison out. Uh, he, uh, he might be a good beneficiary. And, you know, you wonder about uh, Equinian St. Brown. He actually is more of the outside receiver between the two. Uh, I'm probably not gutsy enough to start him, but I'm interested in seeing uh, what their roles are with Allison out. Yeah, I mean it's it's not looking for Geronimo Allison. We could be looking at a multi-week absence. That's my bold. That's my hot take tonight, Dave. <laughs> what was, what's the injury? He, he hurt his groin in practice yesterday. Ooh, so this yeah. was not something he sustained uh, this past week against the Rams. This is a practice injury, and um, yeah, they've, they've been known to linger. Uh, I love MVS. I think he is an interesting guy uh, to to uh, roll out as one of your flexes in the FFPC this coming Sunday. Uh, night against the New England Patriots. I like that call quite a bit, and I think you hit the nail on the head with Josh Gordon. You know, Bill Belichick came out this week kind of unprompted a little bit and said, like, yeah, Alexander is going to have a long career in this league. He's going to be really good, and he was a guy that we were looking at in the first round. Really? Yeah. I mean, not. I mean, that's not verbatim, but not so many words. Now, I was also saying this today um, uh, on the uh, terrestrial airwaves that uh, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady – like, if you and I were suiting up for Green Bay this week, they would be uber complimentary of us. Like, yeah. that's just what they do. That's you know? awesome, guys. He's pretty good over there. Yeah, like, uh, we're going to have to game plan for uh, that Eric Waltman at quarterback makes a lot of plays out there. So, I mean, it's one of those things that uh, you, don't, you don't know what to believe and what not to believe. But you're right, Brad. Jair Alexander looked very, very, very good last week in Green Bay. However, he did not look as very good as you and Tim have looked as the fifth-place team owners in the Football Guys Players Championship as we enter Week 9. Thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. Really appreciate you uh, making a return to the HSFF Hour. Good luck the rest of the way, not only in Football Guys, but the rest of your leagues as well, man. It could be shaping up. 2018 could be shaping up for a banner year for you and your bro again. So good luck to you, man. Well, thank you very much for having me. Brad Cruz, ladies and gentlemen. You can follow him on Twitter at Cruz underscore Brad. Fifth place in the 2018 FPC. Good stuff from him, as always, uh, and uh, great analysis uh, for him. You know, I always get so intimidated when I go to Kentucky and I'm drafting against Brad Cruz. He just has the look of the guy that's just going to rip your heart out at the, <laughs> yeah. at the draft table. Brad is, like, always smiling. He's always happy. To yes, until he sits down it. at the table. He's got that machine in front of him and all, all the spreadsheets. Like, he's always, in the, he's always been, uh, very serious in the auction. Yeah, and, he's, like – He's constantly contemplating auctions. Well, you know, values. Brad and I were in the same Kentucky auction this year, and um, uh, uh, Kurt, uh, Kurt Awe, um, yep. what, the, we, returning champion. the returning Kentucky champion, we were we shared a team in that league, and we were bidding up McKinnon. Neither one of us – I wouldn't say we didn't want McKinnon, but in we kind of, we, in auction, we kind of liked him. You know, sort of like, yeah, we'll just bid him up, see what happens. And then at $17, the bidding stopped. <laughs> and I'm like – Kurt, which is kind of for 17. And Brad, like, looked up from his computer. He's like, what's going on? Like, what are you guys doing? Like, what are you letting And then we got Jay Ajayi later on for, like, six bucks, and we're less love and life now. Both those guys are up for the year. But actually, let me just say this. Your team yeah. is still one of the top teams in the league. It My is. team and Leroy's team, which we share. It is, is not it, one it, of the It's top a basement team. dweller. It's terrible. I would say it's a basement dweller, but it's, it's terrible. It's awful. Okay. So you guys are doing great, though. Your words, not mine. We're 7-1. and one. We're the second highest scoring team in the league. We're looking very good at this point. Yeah, uh, we have to. Although I think we have Chris Thompson in our starting lineup right now, we got to get him out of there. I would give Kurt a look. Chris Thompson, what? Yeah. Give Kurt a little bit of props. Team Pigpen, the returning champ. Yeah, he's in like 11th place right now. Yeah, uh, and, and not uh, again. yes, what's going on there? Ten spots lower than where he finished <laughs> last year. It's not the end yet. Come on. 
Pig, good Pig Pen's got to turn it on, which uh, we'll see what happens. Actually, I think Kurtz, by the way, I think he has a top, he and Leroy have a team in the top 20 in the FFPC event. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was in the 17th or 18th. Monte Doncrief. Yeah, Monte Doncrief. Monte Doncrief is up there, so congrats to and them. Leroy well. likes to brag about it, so hey. Well, there you go. Guys. And uh, I'm sure he will be. Thanks to Football <laughs> Guys, Roto World, Roto Pass, and Rob for tonight's rundown, Dave. The New York Football Jets activated running back Elijah McGuire from injured reserve, according to Rich Samini on Twitter. Now, McGuire is expected to play against the Dolphins this week, and uh, Trenton Cannon not expected to be active. Or if he is, he'll just be on special teams. Uh, so cut him if you got him. I'm assuming you agree with that, right? Uh, yep. And McGuire is probably going to be the uh, third down guy or maybe a changeup running back to Isaiah Crowell. You're adding him in your leagues uh, that uh, you are participating in, or you already have added him as an end-of-the-bench type flyer. Yeah, it's a good idea to do so. Yeah. I don't have him in many, but yes. I have him in a few. In fact, I actually dropped Trenton Cannon in a few to pick up Elijah McGuire this week. So uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not super bullish on Elijah McGuire. However, anytime you can get me the pass-catching running back in an offense that features Isaiah Kroll, I think there's some fantasy value there. Absolutely, 100% agree with that. And and for uh, the longest time, it was Bilal Powell for me, and I, I I fell on that sword a couple of weeks ago, which was really frustrating. Well, you know that's all right. You know Powell was the guy, and he got hurt or whatever. By the way, remember how the Jets were going to go like you know two and fourteen or three and thirteen? Yeah. You know they're doing a pretty good they're job. Looking good. Todd Bowles is a good coach. I think Todd Bowles is a good coach. Really. Yeah. He's a really good defensive he gets a, coach. He gets a little bit of – I don't think he gets enough credit, actually. Yeah. Because well, his first year, didn't they make the playoffs? Like, the, I think they had a double-digit win record, yeah. and, and then they kind of stunk after that. And maybe it was expectations got higher after year one. I, I'm not sure. I, I never, when I look at the team, I don't see all like this like, super talented. I think, he, I think he gets a lot out of his players. Yeah. Right, and he's, you, like the, he's like the inverted – he's like the anti-Huey Jackson. Right. And, and you look at what he's doing on that team, Dave. I mean, no Terrell, no Terrell Pryor, probably no Robbie Anderson, probably no Quincy Inunua. Yeah. Chris Herndon catches a touchdown every week, but that's always his only catch. And <laughs> and and you have Richard Matthews. Kurt Kurt just shows up and runs around a lot. Yeah, I, it's, and then Isaiah Kroll, and then uh, a you know a fourteen year old rookie and Sam Darnold running things <laughs> on offense. It's just yeah, Darnold's gonna be great. It's that'll crazy. Be, that'll be nice. It's very very crazy. Uh, Minneapolis Star Tribune's Ben Gosling reports the Vikings' plan to have Dalvin Cook active, but he will play limited reps against Detroit this coming weekend. Um, this is uh, coming up on the Vikings' bye week. They have a week 10 bye, so this is kind of weird that they want to try him out there now. And Latavius Murray, it's not like he's been sucking. He's been very, very good uh, over the last uh, three or four weeks. I'm curious. Now, I, I, you know, we're given the Ben Gosling report. Courtney Cronin, who covers the Vikings for um, uh, ESPN, actually said that he may only, I, I forget what it was, he's only going to be active for 8 to 10 snaps, and Gosling said it'd be like 12 to 24 snaps. Either way, you can't feel good about starting Dalvin Cook if he's going to play that limited. This what, is was not the, what was the first number? 8 to 10 snaps. Oh, come on. Why even do this to fantasy owners? Yeah. It, you know, they that, know they care about our team. Right. But here's the thing. Um, that's not touches. That's not catches. That's not rushes. That's snaps. So you look at Dalvin Cook this week, Dave. He is a must bench for me, even if he's active. The question for high stakes owners comes in, what do you do with Latavius Murray? Are you going to roll him out there against Detroit? Are you going to sit him? One thing to consider, what happens, and I know that's not a likelihood of happening, what happens if Dalvin Cook touches the ball three or four times early in the game, rattles off a five-yard gain, a 10-yard gain, a four-yard gain, a 15-yard gain, he's looking really good. Because that's going to take away snaps from Latavius Murray. And now all of a sudden, maybe they quote-unquote ride the hot hand, and because Dalvin Cook's looking good, they're going to give him more touches. Again, not a high likelihood of something like that happening, but it is certainly within the realm of possibility. So your thoughts on Latavius Murray this week as maybe like a top 20 running back. Are you looking to deploy him as... Uh, an RB2? Are you looking to deploy him as a flex? I know we're not playing Dalvin Cook. The question is, are we playing Latavius Murray this week? I think that's where where the analysis has to come in. You know, it's tough to play Murray given that Cook's coming back. I mean, because, you know, Murray's had games where he's been terrible when he's had it all to himself. 
Uh, you know, they're playing Detroit. They're favored by five. I think the total is like 49 or something like that. So they're probably going to do fine. Score 25, 27, 30 points. Right. Um, I'd be looking for other options, but I guess if I was dire or desperate, I, I would consider starting Murray, but I would not expect more than 10 points. All right, this is interesting. Let's play Would You Rather here real quick with Latavius Murray because I think this is going to be uh, interesting stuff. Would you rather play Latavius Murray at home against the Lions, Dave, or Mark Ingram at home against the Rams? Ingram. I agree. Nick Chubb at home against the Chiefs. I agree. The suddenly questionable Chris Carson at home against the Chargers. Well, Carson's... Yeah, I'm I don't know if you'll be able to make this call. Right. I think they play late and Latavius plays if early. If you hear the rumors that, yeah, it's likely that Carson's going to be active on certain Carson. If they really say, well, we don't really know, I, I, you know, I, I probably still start Carson. I feel all right about him. Here's a fun one. Latavius Murray or Lamar Miller at the Broncos? Miller. Wow, okay. Not as fun as I thought. Latavius Murray or Kerryon Johnson in that same game against the Vikings? Kerryon Johnson. Latavius Murray or Kenyon Drake against the Jets? Got to start the Drake. Drake's great, like, you know, he's, he's up there. In spite of the fact that he shares time with Gore, he, always, he seems to make plays, though. I think I'm going with Murray over Drake there. Five bucks? I don't feel that confident. Well, I mean, seriously, it's, it's a point flip. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, make it seem like I'm super confident. Um, Five dollars. You know, there's no juice on our bets here. I know. Tariq Cohen has been crushing it this yeah, the last few weeks. Yeah. Would you rather play Latavius Murray or, wait for it, Jordan <laughs> Howard <laughs> at the Bills? You know what? Ah, I think they're built. They're favored by 10, over under 37. Um, I, I don't own Howard anywhere, so right. I really don't know much how, how he's done. Right. Uh, I'll take Murray. I would, too. Latavius Murray, now this is kind of a cheap one because you're going to have to make... one from the chat. Okay. Dion Lewis or Latavius Murray? Uh, Latavius Murray. I'll start Dion Lewis. Okay. I'll bet five on that, too. Um, yeah, I'll take Latavius Murray over Dion Lewis, week nine fantasy points. I got five on it. I got five on it. I'll take Dion Lewis. I got five on it. Thanks, thanks for the bet. Appreciate it. Yeah, I do appreciate that. And uh, <laughs> I will spend that five bucks on Wasp Guy next time I see him in Kentucky or wherever it is. Five half of a mixer in Vegas. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and so I have Murray and... Four, four or five margaritas at Fitzgerald's Casino on that one side of the street. Hey, one more. Latavius Murray or Sony Michelle against the Packers? I'm sorry, Murray. I don't even know if Because you don't playing. know if Michelle's yeah, playing yet. Okay, I'm, so that's a cheap one. Latavius Murray or Tevin Coleman at the Redskins? Coleman. Why wouldn't I start Coleman? He's the starting running back. He's been getting all, all, those, all the carries. You want to bet that one too? I'll take I will. I will bet that one. <laughs> I, I'll, I, I, Edo Smith, like, is not, he's not not a thing, Dave. Yeah, well, you know, if you have a thing for Edo Smith, that's fine. I'll take Tevin Coleman. All right. I, so I have Latavius Murray. The second stringer in Minnesota. You have Tevin Coleman. <laughs> and I have five. I got all right, good stuff. Um, I want to see if there's any others I can get you on here. <laughs> yeah. Um, Latavius Murray or Aaron Jones? Murray. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can't trust Pepper's running back. So oh, here's one. I got one. I got one. I will totally go five bucks on this one if, if, you, if you want to. Latavius Murray or Alex Collins at home against the Steelers? I'll take Collins. All right. Do you got five on it? <laughs> sure. All right. Latavius Murray. Don't play the music. All right, I won't play the music. I'll play it, play it. Uh, you you want play me it. to play it? If you don't play it, it doesn't count. All right, I got five on uh, Latavius Murray over uh, Alex Collins. I got five on I got five on it. I knew this was going to be good. Is, this is a lot of money on Murray here. Um, if he scores six points, you're going to be pissed off. Here's an interesting one. I don't know if I have a strong feeling in this one. <laughs> Latavius Murray. Ah, you know what? I'm a, well, no, we'll do it. We'll do it. Latavius Murray or LaShawn McCoy? Is this actually a show? Yeah, it is. LaShawn McCoy at home against the Bears. Um, I guess a really good defense, and McCoy can't be. What he had twelve carries for thirteen yards, or was it vice versa? Yeah, it was something like. That. I'll take Shady McCoy. I don't care, but I'm not bad now. Yeah, okay, I was. I was ready to push the button. I was. I was all ready for that one. Uh, all right. Let's do it. Who cares? Let's do it. Throw it up here. All right. Hold it. Let's do it again. All right. Hold on. Hold on. So that was Latavius yeah, Murray McCoy, McCoy versus McCoy. You have McCoy. This, we are breaking records here yeah. on the show tonight. All right, I got five on Latavius yeah, Murray yeah. over LaShawn McCoy. Yeah, I got five. Last one. I don't think I, I'm gonna. I don't think I, I'm gonna. I have one more, more after this one. But go yeah. ahead. Latavius Murray or Peyton Barber. Um, Peyton Barber, by the way, is um, going up against the. Oh, man, I just I'll take Barber at Carolina. I'll take Barber. Are you serious? Yeah, 
Yeah. I don't think Latavius Murray. All right, cool. So five bucks for it? Sure. All right, I got five on Latavius Murray <laughs> right, over Peyton Barber. I got five on Alright, here's the last one. I'm gonna break this button. Dalvin Cook or Latavius Murray? Ha! Got you to five. Dalvin Cook or Latavius Murray. Same team, Holmes? Yeah, I would take Latavius Murray. Uh, Alright, I don't know what I'm gonna say. Yeah, I <laughs> think you would take Latavius Murray. I'm gonna take Cook. For five bucks? You are insane. Why not? Somebody take this man's <laughs> wallet away from him. I have Latavius Murray over Dalvin Cook. I'll take I'll take the server. Alright, uh, you have. Well, when Murray gets like six points, like I said. I, I got five. Alright, let's move on. Let's I go got Hold on. We, sir, we seriously did break the button. It was really good until. Dave, six bets on Latavius Murray. You have $30 on Latavius Murray. Yeah, I do. A journeyman piece of crap running back that's Who's been crushing it? Who back. has been crushing it? He's also not crushed it when he had the whole thing to himself before. I don't even care how my fantasy teams do this week. <laughs> I'm not even, even going to turn on Red Zone. Fire, fire up the Vikings-Lions game. It's the only one I have any interest in watching this week. You're going to keep refreshing NFL.com if you don't have access to it. Speaking of the Vikings, Stephon Diggs is questionable for that Lions game. This is according to the official team account on Twitter. Diggs finally practiced today, uh, was reportedly limited, and actually removed from the field after a few minutes of work. This according to Roto World. He will maybe be limited on Sunday. Uh, it sounds like he's going to go. Darius Slay uh, could cover him, or he could cover uh, Adam Thielen. I don't uh, trust that Diggs is going. You don't think it is? I, I, I think it's, I actually think it's a little bit less than fifty percent. Let me ask you this: Dave. I think you might get a surprise and active on Diggs. I'm mean, really if you don't have a Diggs plan, you're going to be going. All right, I got five on Latavius Murray outscoring Stephon Diggs. <laughs> I'm not betting that. Um, who'd you? Who? Hey, let me ask you this. <laughs> Yeah. Let's say you're a fringe playoff team, okay? And most of my teams. You're trying to you're trying to make the playoffs. Also, sounds like what I like to do. You have one flex spot available. Okay. You can use it on. It's a terrible, by the way, it's a terrible format. Whatever you're playing. You no, I'm saying like you your your oh, lineup is okay. totally set. You know who you're playing, but this last flex spot, right. you don't know what to do. Are you playing Stephon Diggs or Delvin Cook? And assuming they're both active. Oh, if they're both active, I'm playing Diggs. Okay. That's the way I would go to. <laughs> nice try. That was fun. Royce Freeman, Dave, is questionable for the Texans game, according to Nikki Chavala on Twitter. Uh, Royce Freeman tried to practice yesterday, was not able to do so, and was limited, and he is a, quote-unquote, true game-time decision for Sunday. Now, if he's not able to suit up, Philip Lindsay is going to get even more touches, and Devontae Booker would be an interesting play in this league or this week as well. Okay, let's break this down real quick. I I don't think there's a whole lot of analysis here. You're playing Lindsay no matter what. Right. Okay. Royce Freeman, you're sitting him even if he is active. Yeah. Yeah. He's not been productive. He's he's inactive. Let's just say he's inactive. Denver taking on Houston. Does Devontae Booker make your flex ranks at all? I mean if I was really desperate. He's in like the Frank Gore range for me. Okay, let me ask you this. If you were even more than really desperate, <laughs> would he be your second running back? Well, I mean, if he has to be, if you have no other options, he's got to have to be your second running back. He is my second running back. I mean, he's better than, I'd prefer him over like Mike Davis yeah. or somebody. He's my second running back in the Gridiron Legends Dynasty League this week. You know, well, if you, you know, very nicely to take one from the team on that. I'm going to be honest with you. Have you looked at the standings in that league? Um, I am not too far away, and I've been doing it without Fournette. That's impressive, actually. My team, too, like, not that good. It's, it's like um, it's like an old person that's just kind of getting ready to get sent off to the what are they the hospice? You know, it's, yeah, it's hospice care. It's, yeah. it's got Fitzgerald and Julio and Shady McCoy. I feel like you. It's, it's, got, it's got some good players. Yeah, like early and stuff like that. I feel like you offered me your first round pick for somebody. Uh, on yeah, my Corey team. Davis. And you shut passed. up. Yeah. God damn it! I, I can't believe. Oh, that. So that's right. You know, I remember I left it out there for like five or six days, and then you you turned it down. And I'm like, oh, dude, thanks, because I forgot I even offered that. I think I was you know, drinking the night before, and I'm glad you turned it down. So thanks, thanks again. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. My night is just ruined after that. <laughs> well, son of a gun. I still have a first round pick, and you still have Corey Davis. So this is uh, it's working out well. <laughs> can't even. Oh, that's hilarious. Sucks. Yeah, you know, you know, and I get why. Breakout year is going to be next year. Remember? I get why I declined it, but it still, it wasn't this year. 
Like I guess I just I didn't envision you having it like a I thought this was gonna be like a mid to late first round pick. I didn't realize. Well, at the time I was thinking it might be more like a playoff team, but maybe not. not yeah. I don't know. Well, you and I are in the same boat. I think you're still ahead of me though in making the playoffs. Yeah, but you're still not that. Move on to fantasy feedback. Ben in Newark, Pennsylvania. Hey, DeAndre and Kiki, is Demarius Thomas better or better, worse, or the same for fantasy after he landed in Houston? I'll hang up and listen for your answer. Thank you, Ben in Newark, PA. Demarius Thomas gets shipped to Houston. Your thoughts on how his value changes? I think it's actually better. Um, Explain. Well, he's got a better quarterback. Deshaun Watson's better than Chase freaking Keenum. Totally true. Um and I, 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 he wasn't all that super productive with Keenum and he, in, in Denver this year. For some reason, they, were, they just weren't ignoring him. Whether he's slowed down, isn't as good, whatever it is. Um, but maybe he actually just gets rejuvenated. And I think, uh, you know, the change of atmosphere and to a lower atmosphere might be better for him. Close to the uh, good one. I just I picked, that up, picked up on that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I love your analysis. Well, I, I'm just saying, like he's st- he was the number two target in Denver. He's the number two target in Houston. Maybe the number three target with all this stuff that Kiki QT's been getting underneath. Q- Q- give me a break with QT. Don't. I'm not giving he's, you a break. He's, he's bra- he bra- breaks his pinky toe every week. This guy's a whip. Oh yeah, he barely plays. Okay, I'll tell you he's this. More, you don't watch him a week. He's almost as injured as Will Fuller, and that's saying something. Well, Fuller is officially out for the year. But, I'm, saying, I'm saying all the time. Okay, it's not like Demarius Thomas has never been hurt. And bear in mind, oh, oh, I don't, oh, bear, bear in mind, Demarius Thomas has missed like one game since. Yeah, but he, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yes, and the, you know what the problem with that is? He plays through a lot, and I think that contributes to why he drops all these passes all the time. And you cannot argue with that because Demarius Thomas and Amari Cooper could have a drop off, and I don't even know who would win because I don't think any of those guys would catch any passes. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay, you're trying to just back. Trying to make up for your mistake there? No, it's not a mistake because I owned Demarius Thomas in several dynasty leagues, and it was always so frustrating because that guy's listed as questionable every week with a groin, with a forearm, with an ankle, with a quad, all the time. And I think, and honestly, now I'm not even like I'm not laughing when I say this. I think that because Demarius Thomas is so tough, and because he tries to gut this out, I think that does have a lot of reason to do with why he drops so many passes. Look, you cutie didn't even play weeks one, two, and three. Uh, he's not a pinnacle of health. And then he missed, he missed week eight. So he's he's not a pinnacle of health. What do you want me to he's tell you? He's played 50% of the game. Yeah, it's, and, and his career, if you want to extend yeah, well, that to I know it's a small sample that size, but I mean, that's the size we got, man. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, you look at... Look, Demetrius Thomas. Who is the number... I'm going to call him Demetrius. Who, who is the number... I guess it was Cortland Sutton. Really Cortland Sutton was very good in Denver. <laughs> so I guess you, you, you're, he's jumping into a similar situation, right? Manuel Sanders is the DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Cortland Sutton is the Kiki QT. You know, obviously uh, Sutton's better than QT and Hopkins is better than um, Sanders, but there is there are some parallels there. Now the quarterback thing is you're right. He does have a much better quarterback going to him. And you know they're more likely to be pl- a little bit more likely to be, pl- be playing with the lead. Houston's a little bit better team. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Moving on to. Uh, <laughs> We beat that one to death. Uh, oh, Scott in Bolton, Massachusetts. What's up, guys? Is Aaron Jones a top 20 back the rest of the way with only Jamal Williams there to screw things up for him? Thank you for the email. Scott in Bolton, Mass. Dave, your thoughts on Aaron Jones being freed? Yeah, I, I don't know. No, no. Ty Montgomery was hardly touching the ball on offense to begin with. Right. Part of the reason that he had this, you know, sideline blow up about um, – uh, you know, not getting the ball was because he didn't know his role. He wasn't being used. He didn't know what he was supposed to do for the team. I don't really see how Ty Montgomery being traded to Baltimore all of a sudden, you know, unlocks the cheat code of Aaron Jones. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, the Packers running backs just are, they have not traditionally been top 20 backs. When they get into the red zone, they get close. Rodgers likes to throw to Randall Cobb if he's playing, or Devontae Adams, or whether it's Jimmy Graham or somebody else, or, or he likes to run it in once in a while. He actually does, but they do that a lot. So, I, I don't know. They like to throw it close. Not as much as Brett Favre, by the way. Brett Favre was the king of stealing touchdowns from everybody. Yeah. Um, just to pad his stats. Right. Uh, Rodgers does that a little bit, too. This may be only interesting to me, but I'm going to say it anyway. Bill Barnwell from ESPN put out a um, – by the way, Bill Barnwell, I don't think he can write anything that's less than 150,000 words. I don't know if you ever read his stuff. but it's quite verbal, it's, huh? Yeah. Um, he put out an article on – um, it, it, 
I don't have missed the, the gist of it, but it was like he, he tiered everybody out on the current NFL roster for each team. Locks to be on the roster next year, likely to be on the roster, likely not to be on the roster next year. He had Jimmy Graham for the Packers listed as likely not to be on the roster next year. Who is it? Who is that Jimmy, Jimmy Graham. Yeah. Which I think is semi-interesting given that, in my opinion, Randall Cobb is not a Packer next year. I think he is gone. Who was the other player you said Graham or somebody else? No, just Graham. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, well, Cobb, Cobb. Cobb, yeah. I totally agree about Cobb. And if Cobb and Graham are gone from this team next year, I mean, fire up MVS, man. Dude, I think I really think Valley Stalling is worth a lot. Yeah. Whatever. Spalding. He is I'm call, Spalding. Spalding hot. Spalding and Spalding. I'm not going to call him Stanley ever. You should hear some of the pronunciations we get from some of the callers <laughs> on my local radio show. That's great. Where's that show then? I don't want to get into it. All right. So, anyway, so I think he's worth quite a bit. I think score you, WI. If you can acquire him for a, a 2019 second, you absolutely should do yeah, it. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. I don't, I don't know if you want to pay us late 2019 first, but you might be wanting to if you need a receiver. Aaron, Aaron Jones, to get it back to the emailer's question, Aaron Jones over or under a top 30 running back from here on out the rest of the season. Top 30 oh. FFPC scoring. Um, no, I don't think so. I think he might be. Well, yeah, he might be. Okay. I mean, right. I think he's like thirty-one. You don't have you don't have anti Latavius Murray confidence in this. No. Yeah. Thirty-one to forty is where I'd probably. Okay. Fair you enough. Know, I mean, I, you know, I guess you know, I guess like twenty-five to thirty. Jamal Williams is terrible. There's, I mean, there's only so many teams in the NFL for God's sake. So I yeah. guess twenty-five to thirty. Sure. Twenty-five to thirty, I'll get. Okay. Not twenty-one to thirty. All right. Fair enough. Doug in Concord, California. By the way, I agree with you. Doug in Concord, Concord California. Are you guys bullish on starting Marvin Jones more now, or is he still going to be Kenny Galladay's little brother in that offense? And specifically, would you play him this week over Funches? Thanks so much. That is Doug in Concord, California. Thank you, Doug, for the email. So let's answer the first part of the question uh, first. Uh, Marvin Jones, do you like him a little bit? I mean, obviously you like him more uh, now that Golden Tate's out of there, but is he the type of guy that is a viable weekly player for you where you're considering him – when you're setting your lineups each week, Dave. Yeah, I think so. There's, I mean, there's, that's a lot of targets. Tate, that's a lot of targets gone. So I think you have to fire up Jones and Galladay pretty much every week. What about uh, Michael Roberts now that Tate's gone? Yeah. No? Okay. As tight end premium scoring leagues like the FFPC, I thought he'd be semi-interesting. Apparently not. But, I mean, what has he done? Has he done anything? Well, he caught a couple of touchdowns last week. So. Yeah. Or was that two weeks ago that he, caught the, he had the two-touchdown game? I can't I remember know. which. He has done some things. He's doing stuff and things. Um, second part of the question, Marvin Jones or Devin Funches this week was his question. Uh, Marvin Jones obviously taking on Minnesota. In Minnesota, Devin Funches is uh, playing the Buccaneers at home. So which one would you rather play this week? Uh, things to consider. Well, it's just, Steve Smith, DJ Moore, yeah, Christopher it's, Caffrey. It's, it's interesting. I might, actually, I might actually play Jones. Jones on the road uh, yeah. I, have a, I have a tough time trusting Funches. Fun, you know, here's the, was, here's the thing about Funches. Funches never has 25-point games. Yeah, that is true. He's like 5 for 74. And Marvin and Jones. once in a while he gets a touchdown. And Marvin Jones is coming off one. Yeah, and Marvin Jones every once in a while will be like 8 for 160 and two touchdowns. Yeah. Like, Where did that come from? He yeah. caught a 70-yard bomb or whatever. Yeah. You know, so. He's a rich man's Devery Henderson. <laughs> but now with take on, I think he has a higher floor. And I, so I, I think that... I think you have a more of a bonus. You have more of the bonus opportunities to just have these big games with uh, Jones. I'm not sure if uh, you know uh, sports betting man Lance Turvis in the chat room tonight. I'm not sure if he knows Doug in Concord, California, but he, Concord is 10 minutes from his brother's house, who lives in Danville, and he saw Willie Nelson once at the Concord Pavilion. <laughs> That's great. So maybe, uh, maybe he. I bet Willie Nelson was great. I'm sure he was. Um, final email tonight. Tom in Syracuse, New York. Austin Eckler at Seattle or LaShawn McCoy at home against the Bears. Uh, thank you for the email, Tom in Syracuse, New York. Um, which one do you like better here? Eckler, who is the backup to Melvin Gordon, or LaShawn McCoy, who is the starter to Chris Ivory? Which one are you playing this week? Uh, i got to start McCoy, I guess. It's razor thin for me, Dave. I am not a Shady McCoy guy. And I think here's 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 you want to know how how I come to the decision of, of sure, sure I'm playing Eckler over McCoy. It's it's pretty close. I'm playing Eckler over McCoy, and here's why: if Eckler ends up you know going six for fifty in a touchdown or something like that, catching you know they're like yeah, I played him over Lashawn McCoy this week. 
you know? That's how you make decisions? Yeah, like, like right. what's going to make me look cooler? And, and that would definitely make you really cooler. Operate. No, but I don't, I don't know. I, for, honestly, right now, I would probably play Eckler over McCoy. I just have no faith in LaShawn McCoy going forward. That's, that's not so much McCoy, the offense. Yeah, but, it's, it's, you know. They're going to score maybe one touchdown for the game, so maybe they'll score two. Yeah, and it'll probably be Charles effing Clay or somebody like that. Yeah, Both of them. You know, when, plays on the waiver wire a lot of spots too, just because of how bad. I time. know, and I had in that tight end screw up league, I put in for him too as like a fallback it's if I didn't bad. get Hayden Hurst. So we'll see what happens. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for our show this week. I want to thank Brad Cruz for coming on tonight. Uh, really appreciate his uh, input. Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob, Bryce, and of course each and every one of you. We will be back live next. Uh, Friday night at 10, 9 central. I have a litany, a litany of teams that you need to be sure you're benching players from this week. Cincinnati, Arizona, Indianapolis, Philadelphia, the New York Giants, and Jacksonville. You got any of those players in your lineup? Get them out of there because they're not accruing anything this week. Good luck in week nine for the four teams that are playing in the NFL. And enjoy those two games. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. About to call your ass a Uber, I got somewhere to be. I hear fairy tales about how they gon' run up on me. Well, run up when you see me, then we gon' see. I got enemies, got a lot of enemies, got a lot of people trying to drain me of this energy, trying to take away. You know what I'm gonna have to do um, at some point this weekend? Oh, gonna get out to the mall, go to the Jersey store. Pick up a Lat Murray jersey. <laughs> and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wear that for the Vikings-Lions tilt and uh, cheer on my boy Latavius and then uh, flip give, to my Aaron Rodgers jersey for the nightcap with the Packers and Pats. Give me a Spalding jersey if they have one. You know, you know what's sad? Well, this isn't probably sad. I'm sure that, that I'm, I'm thinking the ratio of MVS jerseys to Latavius Murray jerseys at, at our local uh, shop here in, in, in northeast Wisconsin. Yeah, Shields. Sports, it's probably like 10 to 1. And <laughs> it, may, it may be even more than that. MBS. Latavius Murray for president. Whatever. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>